Hello and welcome to Ask a Coach within Gomu. My name is Al Wynant, and today I am super excited to be speaking with Coach Teresa Byrne. And we're going to have a great conversation about boundaries, something we can all use, I think. And we're going to talk about why we need them and how they can make our lives better. So if you're joining us live, put your questions in chat and we'll see if we can answer them during the program. If you're enjoying the show and you're watching it on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button on YouTube and you'll get notified when next uh, when the new shows are available. So Teresa, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Um, be, be If you have coffee in your hand, just know you may not need it at the end of this show, but... <laughs> Thank you for doing this. I love boundaries, as you know, so it's exciting to talk about them. And I, I'll tell you, mine is actually a decaf iced coffee. <laughs> so I know I don't need caffeine with you, <laughs> which I love and adore. Um, so to, today we are going to be speaking about boundaries. But before before we do that, tell me a little bit about your background and how you how you became a coach. What inspired you to become a coach? I studied social work and psychology in college, and my I'm, I'm so amazed by therapists. I think they're absolutely amazing. And I ran a crisis hotline, but I did not have that same skill level. I wanted to like, let's get to it. Let's set boundaries. Let's move forward. Let's like, I was much more, and coaching wasn't really a thing at that time. And um, so I ended up in martial arts. I knew no matter what I was gonna do, I was going to work on helping people and changing their lives. And in martial arts, you have to have boundaries because if you're mm. partnered with somebody and, you know, one of you is hitting too hard or one of you, you know, it, it, like things aren't working, you've got to be able to speak up. And when that light bulb went off, I was like, oh, boundaries. And it's also what we use to save our lives in self-defense situations. <gasps> boundaries. So I have been teaching boundaries in like life-saving situations for over 20 years. I founded and owned a martial arts studio. And then um, life coaching was the next evolution of that because I still wanted to help people tap into their potential and make it come true. And the, the best way to do that is boundaries. It sounds weird, but it's true. And you know, talking about boundaries and coaching, you are one of the Ngomu coaches. So talk to me a little bit about your coaching community on the app. My coaching community is called Boundaries 101, protecting your time, energy and well-being and the app is all about taking different pieces of boundaries there's time boundaries there's um self boundaries the things we need to draw about ourselves. there are boundaries with others there are boundaries around every single thing you can possibly possibly imagine and one of the things that i often share in the coaching community is my definition of boundaries which is um, it's like a, a, a comfort bubble around you and it can expand and contract. And what's in that bubble is my little rap song. And Al loves this, so I'm going to sing Love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Boundaries, what you will and what you won't, and what you do and what you don't. I'm going to do that again for you. What you will and what you won't and what you do and what you don't. Uh, so that's my shout out. So true. And I look forward every time I come to the session to hear the rap song. <laughs> so. But thanks for sharing, Teresa. Um, if you're watching us live, feel free to put your questions in chat and we'll see if we can get to them. But we've got some, some amazing questions in, in advance from our viewers. So I want to share this, want to share these with you here today. Today, sorry, can't talk today. Not enough caffeine, apparently. But um, <laughs> so I'm going to share this with you on the screen as well. So our first question 
comes from Kimberly and New Rochelle. So how can I tell if my boss is being manipulative to get others to do his work or just delegating tasks? And how can, how can I set better boundaries around it? So that's, a, I think, a great question from Kimberly. Oh, it's a freaking awesome question. Manipulation is tricky, y'all. And I'm going to say this. Toddlers are manipulators. How do we know that? Because they will do, say, or, or organize however they can to get what they want. And if you don't think that's true, spend some time around a two-year-old. Um, and manipulation is not necessarily an awful thing, except when you are manipulated into doing something you would not choose to do what you will and what you won't, what you do and what you don't. So manipulation is oftentimes it's subversive. And it's all of a sudden you realize I did stuff I didn't want to do. So the first part of that is also understanding that a boss's job might be delegation. But delegation feels different than because you get buy-in, right? You get enrollment. You get people saying, yeah, I'll take care of that. Manipulation mm -hmm. looks like what just happened? How did I end up promising that? How did I end up saying that? Um, there's a lot of different ways that manipulation looks. It can be like guilting someone into something. It can be passive aggressive, um, reverse psychology, which always works on me. Um, it's a great form of manipulation. You don't want to do that. Maybe I do. Um, Fear-based manipulation, intimidation, and it can be difficult to outline but it feels like it's hard to put into words, but manipulation has a feeling to it. Agreement or delegation feels like, all right, I might not have wanted to do the thing, but I did the thing. Manipulation feels like what just happened. It feels like something is off. Like, how did that happen? And it feels slightly confusing. So you asked about what could you do? Um, the first thing I would say is come up with a little statement that you could use ahead of time. So if it's you that your boss is manipulating or, or delegating or whichever you, only you can tell the difference. It's really, I can't tell from the outside, but come up with something like, oh, I've got so much on my plate right now. Did you want me to move something off my plate to handle that? Right. You can set a priority yeah. boundary or, whoa, I really wish I could do that. That is something that I can look at in a few days. Time boundary. So it's essentially a way of saying a soft no or not right now. So think about that ahead of time, because when it's in the moment, it's really hard to set a boundary. So I hope that that helps. And please reach out if you want any other ideas. I love it's my favorite thing is coming up with boundary phrases with people. Actually, I like that. I had never thought of that. I could have used that probably about 20 years ago. Which, which one? one? <laughs> which one would you which one would you have used? Probably I need to get something off my plate to get to this. I love that. It makes sense, right? Like I only have so much plate right. and the more that you stack on, it doesn't mean more gets done. Right. Um, he has to take responsibility to get something off my plate. It's not my thing. <laughs> so. Yes, I like that. So our next question is from Kyra and I hope I pronounced that correctly. Forgive me if I didn't in Riverside, California, I need to set boundaries with family members. How do I overcome the feeling of guilt ooh, when needing to enforce the boundaries? Oh, I love that you asked this question. And there's every boundary is multifaceted. And I, I'm trying to answer them as concisely and compassionately as I can. Um, but it has to resonate. What I say has to resonate with you. Families are tough because that's where a lot of our hot buttons, our boundary buttons started. <laughs> I mean, like your, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, an aunt or uncle can give you that one look and you're like, oh, you know, they, like they know how to push your buttons and you do the exact same for them. 
so I just want to acknowledge that that can be a, a challenge, but recognize that a boundary is an act of self-care. And would you feel better saying yes to everything and showing up half, 25% of what you're capable of? Or would you feel better showing up with your full self because you, you did self-care, you set a boundary? So think about it that way. If you, if you know you need a boundary, that's the first step. And, and guilt is also the idea that you're going to let someone down or you're going to disappoint someone um, or you're, you fear retribution or consequences. That's usually where guilt comes from. But the idea of if I show up and, and do whatever my family members want, but they get like 25% of me because I'm flipping exhausted or I just don't have the bandwidth or I just am, I just am not all there versus getting you 100% when you've taken care of yourself and you've um, set some boundaries, whatever those need to be. I'm going to warn you, no one celebrates boundaries the first time you start drawing them. No one's like, yay, yay, you, look at you setting boundaries. That doesn't happen. They're not celebrating. People are oftentimes used to us saying yes or us pleasing. And it can be um, culture shock when you start drawing a boundary. And I would just suggest like, breathing through that and knowing that this is sort of a, a way of caring for yourself and knowing that, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Someone's going to make me feel bad. Can I, I'm going to feel bad if I say yes, I'm going to feel bad if I say no, but I might have more bandwidth if I say no. So just kind of recognize those two things. I hope that helps to answer your question. Do you think that gets it, Al? I think so. I mean, I had this experience a couple of weeks ago when I overheard um, someone I could have interpreted the conversation around boundaries in a way. And then the other person, which I assume was this person's mother. Um, and this was a young, this was a young person in my building. And I heard the mother say, as they were getting in the elevator, don't you love me anymore? I was just like, wow. wow. <laughs> boundaries are needed there. Wow. Oh, that's such a, I don't know if that's guilt or passive, passive aggressive or maybe a little bit of both, but. Or you'll do this if you love me. If you love me, you'll do this. Uh, maybe it was the first time she shared her boundary with her mother. <laughs> <laughs> so next question from Paul in Miami Beach. is not a bad place to be. So okay. how can you build and maintain a healthy or healthy relationships with others while also respecting your own boundaries and needs? I love this question, Paul. And you can tell when I love a question because I get all excited like a little kid. The first thing I would ask you is how do you define a healthy relationship? Hmm. So you say that you want to build and maintain one. What does that look like for you? And for each of us, it's going to be slightly different. Like respect might be important. Communication, time, love language, physical touch, all that stuff. Like depending on how you define what healthy relationships look like. But I would say one thing defines all healthy relationships and it's agreements. It is that we agree to either treat each other, talk to each other in a certain way, show up for each other a certain way, and boundaries are agreements. To me, boundaries are bridges. Like they help us create um, what we want together. But understanding what you value and what you need and what you want, then you can learn how to ask for it. And when you're in a healthy relationship, you want that other person to ask for it too. Um, if you've ever dated somebody who's like, I don't know, what do you want to do? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. What kind of music do you want to listen to? That is what I call amorphous. Like there are no boundaries there, but you would have a hard time understanding who that person is. 
In our society, oftentimes boundaries seem bad and wrong and mean. And I'm here to tell y'all they are not. They're loving and wonderful and warm and connective. If you're in a healthy relationship, the other person wants to have you get what you want. They want to see your, your needs and your wants supported. They will respect your boundaries. They will respect what you ask for and what you want. And you're nodding like you've got some stuff to say. Please, please. No, I was thinking, I was thinking of, you know, I would say a personal situation to be just completely open here. If you have relationships with people for a long time, and there are certain ways you have been behaving with each other for a long time, and the relationship doesn't necessarily change, but your availability and, you know, the time you can spend with people changes, you know, boundaries have to come into place and sometimes it's really hard to you know to, to continue those healthy relationships you know you know while respecting those boundaries and keeping those relationships it's a little bit a little bit of a challenge sometimes well think about it this way what if you have a, an agreement to grow like our agreement is that we will grow as human beings and sometimes that means we're going to skin our knees we're going to run into a wall um, and having a disagreement doesn't mean that we don't like each other or that, you know, running. And that's the other piece. We think of boundaries as bad and wrong, but it's like, oh, wow. Okay. I just, I just got my boundaries crossed or, oh my gosh, I just did this thing to you. Boundaries keep us safe, sane and sacred uh, to ourselves and being able to have an agreement for shifting or what you need now might be different from what you needed 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. What you need this week you know, it might be just like everything's on fire and you're trying to get all these things done. And, you know, it, that might be what you need is different. And that can be an agreement in your relationship. Like what I need changes. Can you be okay with that? And how can we make that work? And boundaries are for you as much as they are the other person. And I think that's what gets missed. I think it's interesting too, as, um, and I'm drawing a total blank right now. That was a brilliant, brilliant thought. Forcing it. No, it came back. Uh, <laughs> you know, as if you grow up as a person who always wants to make other other people happy, and then you get to the point, you know, where that's just not possible anymore. Where you have to understand your own boundaries, and you have to understand what you can do and not do. And also, not like from the earlier person, I think it was Kimberly or so. No, it was Kiara, just a, just a question before, about the guilt feeling around it. So I, I used to feel more guilty than I do now when I say no. <laughs> and there's a pendulum. Like, you realize that overgiving and overpleasing gets you less. And you right. used to think it would get you more, but now you realize it gets you less of you. It, you get, they get less of you if you overgive, overplease. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So I have a question from Isabella in Missoula, Montana. That's a beautiful place as well. Mm. Um, I need to share some boundaries with a few friends, but I'm afraid I may come over rather curt. <laughs> How can I share these effectively with empathy? Ah, oh, such a great question. I want people to think about boundaries. First of all, they're agreements, they're bridges, but they're also hard and soft boundaries. Mm. A hard boundary is like, no, no way. That's a hard no. Pass. Not happening. Right? Um, or no is a no is a complete sentence. You hear that a lot. A soft boundary is. I don't think that's going to work for me. You know, that's probably not something that I'm uh, able to do. Or do you have another day that we could look at that? Um, 
I've got some other options available. Are you willing to look at that? So a soft boundary is is still a boundary. It's you saying no to something, but it's not a hard boundary, which is a real no. So if you're afraid that you're going to be curt, plan ahead. What's the commonality? Are your friends going out more than you want? Are they um, asking more from you than you want to give? Remember, boundaries are what you will and what you won't and what you do and what you don't want in your life. So find a way to say it ahead of time. Um, for example, if uh, you could say they want you to do something and you're like, wow, that sounds like so much fun, but it's just not something I can take on right now. Um, and you can use the whole bandwidth thing. I don't have the bandwidth. I don't have the mental capacity. You can use all these different like softeners. Um, things are just really crazy right now. And that's just not something I, I can do. It's still a way of saying, no, plan it ahead of time. In the moment when our boundaries are crossed or breached, we have most of us have an adrenaline reaction. We either get um, upset, uh, we want to run away, or we freeze. So your your fight, flight, or freeze response will not allow you to have the most empathetic because it's a different part of your brain. Mm -hmm. So think about, um, or if it's even a conversation you want to have ahead of time with a friend. Hey, I wanted to bring something up. Feels like we're going out a lot lately. And that's just, it's not something that I've got in my budget right now. Maybe there's other things we could do. Um, I've had uh, girlfriends who would make requests like, can we not eat out so much at expensive places? Um, and if you're in Colorado, check out Sushi Den, but you can't go there all the time. Um, being able to say, hey, you know what? Like, like, let's check out someplace else. It feels like we're going to all these great restaurants. Would you guys be willing to fill in the blank? So plan ahead of time. Sometimes you just want a Big Mac. I <laughs> know <laughs> me, I'm a vegetarian. So. <laughs> Oh, so question from Aiden in Toronto. How can I develop self-awareness and recognize when I need to take a step back and say no to others to protect my own well-being? Oh, Aiden, oh, such an amazing inquiry that you are in because developing self-awareness is not just like do these three things. <laughs> it's, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. The first suggestion I have, make friends with your feelings. So... I wrote a book and one of the quotes from the book that I like to share, I'm quoting myself, that's weird, but um, a feeling's job is to be felt, it's in its name. A feeling's job is to be felt, it's in its name. So make friends with your feelings. When you have a boundary that's crossed or breached, you're going to have feelings in your body. You're going to feel shut down. You're going to feel unheard. You're going to feel disrespected. You might feel frustrated. I'm going to just throw a bunch at you. Overwhelmed, angry, impatient, upset. Um, you want to run away or, or like, I can't believe that just happened. You might freeze. So being able to recognize that, it takes a minute. It takes a minute. When you make friends with your feelings, you create that space. In that space, the best antidote to adrenaline is breathing. So take a breath before you respond. Otherwise, you're just going to react, and sometimes that's kind of fiery. The other piece is that recognize when you want to say an instant yes. The insta yes. We all have Instagram. Um, but imagine the insta yes is someone asks you something, and you're like, yes. Start taking a breath before you say insta yes, or you give them the automatic yes. Um, and plan ahead of time. If you know situations where you're going to need to stay quiet or um, keep your energy concealed, you know, held into your safety, recognize that, honor that. 
Good, good. It's just as you were sharing this, I was thinking like, you know, every time a boundary is broken or not honored, I mean, it is always a negative feeling, but you can't, you can't, you can't always sort of react to it because I love you that. You have to accept it <laughs> in a big scheme of things. And it's not a bad thing, right? Like if Alan and I are buddies and I'm 15 minutes late, because that's how I roll and it upsets him, he's going to yeah. say, um, and I, I'm not, I'm usually pretty right on time. I'm like, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm talking like right on time. <laughs> I'm not early. Um, but he might not like that. And it's okay that he doesn't like that. And it's okay for you to say, hey, you know, I'm here 15 minutes early. Would you text me? Would you let me know if you're going to be late? Would you? Because then we can have connection. And then I feel deeply seen and heard knowing that Al understands me that I don't mean to be late. And Al feels like next time I don't show up late or I text him, he feels respected. So it's really an opportunity to deepen our relationship. It just feels uncomfortable if you're not used to it. I think you, you gave the example of, you know, take a breath before you react. And I will tell you that is, that is a very, very good advice because I'm a very reactionary person mm. when it comes to traffic and things around me. So a lot of people cross my boundaries in traffic. So what <laughs> so is it about I, traffic that has that happening? Do you know? You would. What, what about traffic? is it that that pushes up against you what about that bothers you have you ever driven in colorado <laughs> so, yes. so uh, so it's it's the it, it's sort of the danger and you know all that stuff that's created by people just not being respectful of other people on the road and so on so and it, it is a boundary maybe not sort of in a traditional sense that we think about it but i i i may still sometimes be very reactionary but I constantly, you know, I'm thinking, no, breathe first before a hand goes out of the window <laughs> or you say something. Oh, you're that guy. <laughs> I'm a very gentle person, except I, I, my friends tell me I have selective Tourette syndrome when I drive a car. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, but as you're saying, so you like breathe before you react. It's, and, it, and it works because I, I practice it now and it is very rare that I have a reaction anymore. You know, it's, you know, breathe doesn't make a difference if you say something, just move on with your life. So it's, I just more of an example, this, this stuff works, you know, this is not a fairy tale. No, although I do have a magic wand. I wish boundaries for everyone. Um, That's a great example. You know that a hot spot for you is driving. So what can you do? What kind of boundaries can you draw for yourself? You know, you're going to take a breath. You could leave a little bit earlier. You could put on something in your car that you enjoy listening to. So it makes the the focus of your driving, not all of the other people who are driving too slow or too fast. You've heard that George Carlin thing, right? Like the people that drive too fast are jerks and the people that drive too slow are idiots. Um, and the people who don't driving use, in Colorado. Who knows? Right. And the people who don't use their turn signals, I just don't know what they're thinking. Like, do they just think it's decoration? Anyway, but knowing that that's a hot spot for you, you can then do something about it. You can create an environment for yourself. Correct. It's good stuff. Um, I think we're close to our last question here for uh, from our viewers. Oh, good. Um, and if anybody has a question that's watching us live here, feel free to share it with us in chat. So Casey and Columbus. It's like I'm overworked and it affects my family. Mm-hmm. So what are some examples or strategies that I can use to prioritize and protect my time, energy, and emotional resources? Ooh, I like mm. that. Oh, wow. This is a, a beautiful, amazing 
thank you, first of all, for recognizing that you're overworked and that it is affecting your family. Sometimes we don't realize the bear that's coming out of us, um, unless like Al, you're in traffic and you hear it or your friends tell you of selective Tourette's, but being able to recognize that is a huge step and that, that you don't want to have a negative effect on your family. So I have a lot of compassion for you, Casey, and, and thank you for the question. Start small. Start with a small boundary. What does it look like? What, what do you want or what do you need? Um, it might be something very, you just might need to ask yourself what you want. So what I find a lot of times, especially with overgivers or pleasers, is everybody else gets handled first. And then mm -hmm. whatever energy is left over, you might get to pick what's happy from that. So if I asked you, what would you like to do? You would say, well, let me see what everyone else wants first. And then from that, I will decide. You hear what I'm saying? It's like on the list, you come last. Whatever happiness or whatever peace is left over, as long as everyone else is taken care of, I will be fine. No, that's actually not true because you're not honoring yourself. So, and you're nodding. So I'm assuming that, that this is something that you're familiar with. So being able to recognize that you get to choose regardless of what anyone else wants. And where in your life do you get to choose that? And maybe it's one small choice a day. Maybe it's, um, I want X number of minutes of quiet time where nobody can interrupt me, where I am not available for questions, comments, to find things, anything um, at home because you need that time to recoup. Being overwhelmed or overworked means that all of the energy that we have here, and energy is one of your most valuable resources. Time and energy to me are the big ones because time you can't get back and energy is what you show up with in the world. So let's say you've got to protect this energy. Well, overwhelmed and overworked means you're giving it all out. It's all coming out. It's, there's not enough left here. So a boundary is to protect what you want that to look like. So the first thing, start small. Ask yourself, what do you want? Do you want 30 minutes to yourself? Do you want a Saturday afternoon? Um, do you want help with something? Do you want the family to do things, uh, pick things up? Do you want to not be, you know, cleaning when you come home or making sure that dinner is handled? Like, what other things can you do? And um, kind of that's the first step. Yes, everyone else matters, but what is one thing that you want, regardless of everyone else? And then start small and keep doing it. Once you set a boundary, there's so much power in feeling good. Um, it, it's very powerful. Even the first boundary, you're scared and you're nervous and you're vulnerable and then it goes well. And then you're like, I can do this. And it starts to build. It's like a muscle. So my compassion, my heart goes out to you and um, just start small. Figure out what you want. Figure out what would, would help you. Al, you had faces, so please. Oh, and it's interesting as you go through all of this, 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 these brilliant questions, it's, you know, I recognize myself in each question a little bit. Because, if I mean, if you've experienced life in, in a way, I mean, you've gone through these experiences. And so as, you, as you're talking, talking about it, it's just like, sounds familiar, <laughs> sounds familiar. <laughs> Not that I'm necessarily there, but at least I've had some of those experiences. I'm, I'm still there in some of them, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, you know, it's just, it's just stuff you've experienced. So um, yeah. we have a, we have a um, question here from one of our viewers and let me put it on the screen here. So I'm Tiffany Lester. So when you are coaching someone who is a passive individual, who doesn't feel comfortable speaking up for themselves, how would you encourage them to speak their boundaries into existence for the first time? 
let's say, in a work environment? Wow, really good question. And I love that you're doing work with people to help them set boundaries. I would suggest a soft boundary. We talked about hard and soft, and this would be a soft boundary where you would have that person say, wow, um, you know what, that might not work, but could we do it this way or this way? Um, or whatever a soft boundary is approachable or feels like. It doesn't necessarily have to be a hard, strong no, but when you can dip in easily and start with a, um, I'm not comfortable with that, or that might not work, but let's come up with some ideas that might work. Hopefully that makes sense. And thank you for the question, Tiffany, and thanks for um, sharing the answer, uh, Teresa. So um, great questions, everyone. I appreciate that. Um, we are, um, before we move on with our uh, 10, 10 rapid fire questions, I always have to think of how to say that. Um, what, what are your um, top three takeaways, Teresa, for our viewers as, as we're wrapping up this part of the conversation? All right. Boundaries are typically taught as the no. It's everything that we say no to. It's the people we say no to. I teach it exactly upside down and backwards. Boundaries start here. Boundaries, because when you have your hands out and you're saying no, this is what you're protecting. So start with your boundaries here. Start with mm. what you want, what matters to you, what you value, what you want to see in your life, not just with that no. And, um, and, and learn your boundary style. That's the second point. Learn how do you, what do you do when your boundaries have been crossed or breached? Are you a fighter? Are you a fleer? Are you a freezer? Um, or do you try to overplease or overgive? Start recognizing your signal, your signals, your signs. And then the, the last takeaway, boundaries is a practice. Boundaries is something that I wish you could set it and forget it but it is part of the practice of us having relationships with other people. And honestly, in the Ngomu community, I do teach boundaries with self as well, because that's important, but it starts with every relationship that we have is built on boundaries. So the more that you can learn about them, um, figure out what they are, what they mean to you, the easier life gets. Thank you for sharing those and for answering, you know, all the questions. And I know, Tiffany sent a message through and said, thank you for the great answer, you know, and then Joyce says, great advice. So good stuff um, sharing here today. So before I move on, um, anything I should have asked you I didn't? Yes. What is the one secret about boundaries that no one tells you? What is the, the biggest mistake we make? We all think boundaries are going to set themselves. They don't. Mm. If I ignore it long enough, it'll get better. If I don't pay attention to that, if I don't bring it up, it'll go away. Nope. <laughs> Set the boundary. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quick reminder that you're watching or listening to Ask a Coach with Ngomu. My name is Alwynet, and today I'm speaking with Coach Teresa Byrne on boundaries. So if you're dropping in right now, you're going to have to listen to the podcast again to get all of the good advice that Teresa shared with us today. So uh, you can also ask, um, catch Ask a Coach with Ngomo daily at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. Pacific time on Radio Futures. Mm -hmm. So now for one of my favorite pieces of the show, the 10 questions sort of rapid fire style. So you're ready. Okay, let's do this. What's your life's motto? 
You be you and do it with kindness. What do you want to be when you grow up? Okay, you should probably laugh at that. I wanted to be either a geneticist or an exotic dancer. I didn't know what an exotic dancer was. I thought it sounded fun, like exotic and dancing. I didn't realize. It's a career. Uh, <laughs> right? Or a geneticist. Um, I wanted to be one of those two things. You know, the beautiful thing is when we do things as when we think of careers as kids, they can be whatever you want them to be. Right? Doesn't that sound like so... <laughs> dancing and exotic locales? I was like, yes, I want that. <laughs> Uh, if you could eat, if, well, if you could eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Japanese food. Any, any, any food in the Japanese restaurant, I would be perfectly happy. Fabulous. Can you share three must-read books besides your own? But you can share yours too. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, positive intelligence, like learning how to understand the way that our brain functions. Uh, the Midnight Library, which is a great fiction book about how you could change, you pull a book out and you could change your path. Like, what if you took this path? What if you took that path? Hmm. Great book. It's on a bestseller list. And the last one is Power Versus Force. And it's the understanding the differences in language and how ideas, concepts, and language can either drain our energy or give us energy. And remind us of your book. Uh, in Power, which one? In Power, powerful partnerships, the secrets of setting healthy boundaries and dating. I have several, I think I have five, six. So look for Teresa on, on Amazon. That's the best way. <laughs> What's your biggest pet peeve? Um, people that are unkind or unconsciously causing harm. Mm. What's the one thing you do every day that adds to your success? Laugh. What do you do in your downtime? I, I watch all the sci-fis. Um, I love sci-fi. I am such a sci-fi geek. And I read a lot. I also read sci-fi and just about anything I can get my hands on. But I try to read fiction because I spend a lot of my life doing self-help and, and so fiction. Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, so different. They're so different. I'm just teasing you. You don't have to answer the question. <laughs> I, I like them both for different reasons. Yes. So who's been your most important professional mentor and why? My most important professional mentor. Oh, your sound cut out for just as you oh, started. Can you, can you hear yeah. me? Can you hear yeah. me now? Um, I have a master instructor who, so I was the first woman to earn her fourth degree master instructor black belt. And my master instructor came to me and he said, it's time. And I said, I don't want to do this. It's not all about me. And he said, no, it's time for you to be that example that you are. Like you want to live into that example for other young women and women. And I was like, oh, fine, I'll do it. And um, it, it was through his help and his encouragement. <laughs> um so Chris Natsky, if you're watching, you get a shout out. What's your favorite productivity hack? Stacking. Stack like habit stacking? Habit stacking. So taking something that I already do and putting something on top of it. So if I'm already going to watch my sci-fi on TV, I'm going to stretch. Or I might get on the, the bike. Or I might get on my rebounder. Because, yes, I, I look like Tigger a lot. Um, but habit stacking, stacking things that I know I don't want to do on top of things that I will do. Turning on music and cleaning, uh, turning on music and filing, stacking. So please finish this statement. Leadership is. 
being a conscious example for the people around you. That's lovely. Teresa, thank you for sharing with us today. I really appreciate it. And you are right. I did not need caffeine to make it through <laughs> this one. So, <laughs> so share with our uh, listeners and our viewers where they can get a hold of you. I have a website, TeresaBurn.com, my name.com. And I also have a website called BoundaryUniversity.com, which is 10 DIY do-it-yourself boundary courses with videos and handouts and all the things you might need. Oh, my. And then for your over 400,000 views, <laughs> TEDx video, the TED Talk video, I have the link on the screen as well, but we probably want to read it for the, the people who are listening to the show. I don't know if you want to do it, if you want me to do it. I will read it. It's uh, You can actually go to TED.com. This was a talk. Sometimes TED, TEDx talks get moved to TED.com if they represent the TED brand. And my talk got moved to TED.com. So you can actually search the dangers of your inner bully on TED.com or go to YouTube and type in M, capital M. And I, you really want me to read that? <laughs> no, no, no. We've, you told them how it is to get there easier. So if you see it on the screen, you see it. Otherwise, go to TED.com and you'll find it there. So just help Teresa get to 500,000 views in the next yeah. couple of weeks. That would be great. But Teresa, thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. Um, and thanks for, for, for joining. And also for the audience, thank you for being here and for your great questions. Always appreciate it. Um, next week will be our last show of the season, so to speak. It will also be at a slightly different time. We're, we're doing our show at 2 p.m. Mountain Time starting next week. And then we will be back later on in June with a slightly tweaked concept um, for the podcast, which will be something I look forward to, I look forward to sharing with you. So um, do check out ingomu.com for Teresa's coaching community and many others on there. It's our app offering you know, personal coaching for everyone, and you can find information at ingomu.com. So thank you for being here, everyone. We appreciate you. Thank you for watching, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. And thank you, Teresa. Thank you. Thank you all.